In the early days of the internet, radical libertarians were scattered, lonely, and faceless. Without direction, they resigned to scour the web, sifting through content providers in a wasteland plagued by YouTube demonetization, Facebook jail, and covert internet censorship. But then, in 2017, the Libertarian Union was formed. Finally, the average Joe Libertarian could find a thriving community of independent podcasters and content providers, all in one convenient location. At Libertarian Union, we'll always have the latest news, interviews, discussions, and even movie reviews. With hundreds of episodes and more added all the time, you'll always find something fresh at libertarianunion.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get fired up here. Maximum freedom. Read. Stay on target. Maximum freedom. Stay on target. Maximum freedom. Read Rothbard. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the first fully interactive Actual Anarchy podcast episode, episode 111. You can find the show notes and more and play along at actualanarchy.com slash 111. So Robert is my co-host. And Robert, I have a, a couple of options for you to choose from. Option one is, should we continue with the original plan of recording an episode on Smallfoot? Or do you select a random last minute change up from Netflix? Why would we be switching it up and not going with the small feats? Because it's the Choose Your Own Adventure show tonight on the Actual Anarchy podcast. And hopefully we don't get sued by the Choose Your Own Adventure publishers like Netflix was. Uh, You know, both options sound really, really good, but I'm going to have to go with the the small feat. It sounds... Uh, Sorry, you were too late in responding, and it shit. automatically selected the random thing from Netflix, which will be coming to you shortly on the Last Nighters portion of the show. Damn it, I'm not very good at it. Hey everyone, it's Daniel Elwood and Robert Johnson, The Last Nighters, and The Last Nighters is part of the Launchpad Media, where they're always launching new ideas in your direction. You can find this show and more other great shows at thelaunchpadmedia.com. This episode is a choose-your-own-adventure episode. Uh, We were going to do the small foot, but we were presented two options, and we were too late in selecting, and so it defaulted to what we're going to do tonight, which is Black Mirror Bandersnatch, the Netflix choose-your-own-adventure as episode 54 of the Last Nighters podcast. You can find the show notes and more at lastnighters.com slash 54. Also, you can find us on the old Patreons if you like the work that we do here and you want to support us in some way. Uh, We have live streams that you can get access to at various levels. Also, some behind-the-scenes content and other various prizes, such as a personal conversation with my co-host, Robert Johnson. How are you, Robert? Are you serious? I I just threw that one out there. All I got to do is donate. Yeah, you can talk to yourself because time is a construct, my man. Well, 
Bandersnitches get stitches. I don't know what Bandersnatches get. I guess we'll have to find out. All I can say is it's program and control. And we're going to get weird tonight. We're going to get so weird. Robert and I both watched this last night. And I don't know if... if do we want to give kind of the premise to everyone before we get in the Google description and everything? Yeah. Yeah, we got to tell people what it's a boot. All right. So this was recommended as a as a backup to our original plan. Smallfoot, we will do next week with our guest, Rocky Ferenberg. But tonight, it's this Netflix Bandersnatch. And this is the world's first fully interactive. Is it a movie? It's It gives you various selection points. Some seem very innocuous and almost pointless. And others are like, hey, kill your dad. And and it gets really bizarre. And it's it acts like a choose-your-adventure novel. If you guys remember those from when you were younger, uh, I had I had a few of those. And, and I remember reading the different storylines and sometimes changing it up and going back and being like, oh, I, I screwed up. I don't want to do that one. So that's what they ch- attempted to do here. And it, it gets um, it gets so hard to follow. I think that this will be a very interesting conversation because Robert and I chose divergent paths uh, intentionally on the very first choice. And I want to see how different our story kind of became. But if you, you want to round it out and then we'll do the uh, good, good description. Yeah, well, I'm eager to find out. I mean, I haven't talked to anybody else yet that has seen the film, so I don't know how much effect my choices had on the actual end story. It definitely seems to have an effect on the the uh, order of presentation that the movie has, but you're presented at various points to go back and choose something else, like the correct path that maybe they're, you know, eventually just steering you all to the same ending. I don't know. Or were there multiple endings? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I kind of got the same feeling like it was sort of forcing your hand in some way. Like you could sort of maneuver, but then it would funnel you uh, towards the resolution. But we will see. We will. So anyway, this is episode 54. You can find the show notes and more at lastnighters.com slash 54. And we will be back next week uh, for Smallfoot as episode 55. So without further ado, let's get into this. The Google description, and it lists this as a film, Black Mirror Bandersnatch, 2018 film, 7.5 on the IMDb, 61% Metacritic, 87% Google users like it. The description is very, very brief. It is this. A young programmer starts to question reality when he adapts a mad writer's fantasy novel into a video game. That's it. That's the whole thing. Uh, came out December 28, 2018. So just a few short weeks ago, the director is David Slade. And I think it was written by um, some madmen genius types. Uh, at least that's my impression. And it is a Netflix movie that you you can't actually watch on the TV. You have to watch it on a device that you can uh, do a selection, right? Like a touch screen. Uh, Robert, you ran into that last night, I believe. Yeah, multiple times. I was very frustrated. There's um, It wouldn't work on my phone through the Netflix app. It wouldn't work on my tablet through the Netflix app. It wouldn't work on my laptop through the Netflix app. It wouldn't work on my podcast or um, streaming it to the TV, to the smart TV through the Netflix app. It, it, evol- it finally worked only after opening up a browser on the computer and watching it through that. So whatever, man. I don't know why, but that's the only thing they got to work for me. Oh, wow. See, I didn't have any of that frustration. We watched it on an iPad and it worked immediately. So that might have colored it for you a little bit versus my experience where it just worked right out of the gate. You would think, but I really enjoyed this thing. I wouldn't even know if I'd call it a movie. And I would say that it due to its nature, you know, it kind of suffers narratively due to the fact that, you know, not every single path is going to create the ultimate narrative experience. But as an interactive entertainment piece, it it was had all kinds of fun things going on. Uh, first of all, 
the the setting was super fun. The 80s, and they're making like these old computer games back in the day when like one guy would make an entire game. Now it's getting back to the point where one person can make an entire game again. But you know, now the the software is getting better and whatnot. But back in the day, you would just sit down at an old computer and type it out and program, and you had you know like like the movie had like 48k to deal with of memory. So you had to get make get kind of creative in how you presented information and exactly what you could do. So all that was really fun. And then and then the um, the rant by the genius programmer guy was a lot of fun where he gets all conspiratorial and they're all tripping on LSD. And I don't know if you even saw that part, Daniel. I assume you did, but I don't know if you did. Um, and then at one point it gets into a, a fist fight, which I didn't see coming. And I don't know if I could have seen more fist fights, but I only saw one. Um, but it all turns out to be, you know, the kind of this fun, uh, surreal experience where they become aware, you know, the actors become aware that they are being controlled by the person tapping on the screen at, in Netflix. So then there's a whole scene where he's like, I'm being controlled by somebody watching Netflix. What the hell is Netflix? This is 1984. I don't even know what that is. There's all kinds of fun stuff. So spoilers, everyone. Spoilers. Oh, yeah, it's all spoilers all the time with us. You know how it is. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. anyway, I want to know what you did. So the very first thing I chose was Sugar Frosted Flakes. And I don't know. Then he got in a on a bus. And then I chose him to listen to the Thompson Twins versus uh, like now music. All right. So let's talk about this. So you said Sugar Flakes or Sugar Puffs? I forget what the selection was. Sugar Puffs was one selection and then Flakes was the other, but was it Corn Flakes or something like that or Frosted Flakes? It was like like some generic form of Frosted Flakes. Okay. And the only thing that I know, I seem to notice later on in the movie, there was like a TV commercial in the background of a scene that was for Frosted Flakes. And I assume it would have been different if I had chosen the other thing, but that was the only difference that I could see from that, that choice. Right, yeah. So so we did the Sugar Puffs. So the very first selection, well, actually the very opening where you first attempt to even watch this thing, it tries to give you instructions and it explains that this is an interactive episode and it says, do you understand? And I selected no. And I, and I kept selecting no like three times and then I just like started it anyway. <laughs> nice. Because I wanted to see, you know, if there's like some kind of an Easter egg or, or if it would like never let me in or eventually uh, acquiesce to it or do something different. Anyway, uh, but well, you're right. I, yeah. I heard at one point or at least multiple points, you could select the same thing multiple times and have something different eventually happen. I don't know if I heard somebody else talking about this or there was also in the film at one point, the first time he talks to the therapist, she says that, yeah, you could go back to a certain thing multiple times and reveal new information. I don't know. I haven't programmed that pathway yet. You ran out of memory. Ran out of memory. The uh, the the visual sprites couldn't keep up. So anyway, the first selection we purposefully chose something different than you. So we did sugar puffs. You did the flakes. And then yeah, he does get on the bus. We selected the now too. And then it played. Uh, is it Annie Lennox like lovers do? Did was that the song that played for you? No, I got all Thompson Twins the whole movie, which was oh, great. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was it was pretty sweet. I enjoyed it. All right. So and then later on, we also did see a, a brief blip of a sugar puffs commercial playing on the tv so i think that was one of the things that made that selection later on or or made that show up later on for us so essentially we've got this kid who's a programmer he's got some kind of um 
psychological trauma he's taken pills for. Uh, his mother died and he sort of blames himself and his dad. And so he's got some some issues that he's dealing with. And he's also kind of a computer nerd programmer guy who is a really big fan of this of this game designer, Colin Rittman, right? That's the guy's name? Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, and, and he goes to this um, company that employs Colin and it's got like this David Brent style, uh, uh, what the office, uh, David Brent style um, owner of the company, who's like just kind of over the top and talking about how it's going to be the new, um, the new Motown. Yeah, these video games. Yeah, he's a uh, kind of a excited manager owner guy who's trying to do for the video game industry what Motown was. Like they're going to just be manufacturing hits due to attracting all the genius talent to this one location. Right, and having them specialize and then cross-pollinate and work on games together. Uh, but I don't know if you saw this part, but when they offer Stefan the job there, I accepted. And I was like, yeah, man, let's get this thing off the ground. But then they uh, cut to, very quickly thereafter, some reviewer saying that the game was garbage, like it was designed by committee. And it gave him a terrible review, and it made me restart. Yeah, I did the exact same thing. I thought, you know, here is a guy offering me resources and collaboration, you know, information. I could learn something. You're with this hero guy, Colin. Yeah, you're getting to work with your hero. You know, you got a guy kind of subsidizing this whole effort. Sounds like a great deal to me. But the movie wanted to make some kind of claim about, you know, and they they do make more of a claim later on that designing by committee in terms of this kind of style of game where this kind of style of game you need to be like a crazy person and get inside your own head and really be the full-on debutante like style artist guy as opposed to uh kind of like an action shooter thing can that can just be designed by committee and it'll turn out just fine but this is like a piece of art and this needs the single mind of a, a focused artist to do right and that's often an internal struggle i think for a, for a lot of people who have difficulty letting go of something that's like their baby, you know, it's their project and it, it's hard for them to get it off the ground or get it fully completed. Wink, wink, Robert. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I really don't understand what, what kind of thing you'd be referencing. Versus having, you know, like a different, different end product, of course, because you could break off portions of it to specialists in that area. Like in the game, uh, company here they've got graphics specialists they've got music specialists audio specialists effects specialists and certain things will lend themselves to that and you're basically taking advantage of the division of labor but you're right this one is more of a visionary thing that really needs to be kind of contained or guided by by one um what do they call them evangelical types like um evangelist is that what they call it in the tech sector? Like you have an evangelist for a product? I have no idea. I've never heard that term before in my life. But I did want to mention that the movie kind of craps on the, as soon as he said yes, the manager guy's like, okay, great. Well, now we need to, you know, make sure it all fits inside this cartridge of 48K or whatever. So we're going to have to cut, you know, some stuff that you, Mr. Unrealistic Artist Guy wants to put in there. And I was like, well, that sounds perfectly reasonable. Sometimes an artist needs to be reined in by a practical person that says, well, let's hold on now. We got deadlines. We got to we gotta produce a product here. Let's be realistic with this thing. And let's try and, you know, wrap this up in a, in a decent amount of time. Cause, right, because you know, we want to get this thing ready by Christmas to be able to actually sell it. 
because that's really the true test of something being successful or not is if you are able to sell it, make a profit. Otherwise, you know that you've squandered resources. Right. But the movie gave us kind of like this crappy ending because we thought that that was great. So is this movie like anti-capitalist? I don't know. It is almost like kind of saying that, no, that the the eye of the artist is is what should be maintained. That's that's kind of the impression I got by getting the the crappy, no, you got to do this over again when you choose. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of fun when they did redo it. They do replay everything rather quickly, but then there's something a little bit different about it. And that is that he knows he has like this vague awareness of these things happening before. So when those uh, in, those instances come up, he knows the answer already. He has like deja vu related to like what's causing the screen to crash. Or there was there was one or two other things like uh, when he talks about in his game where he's showing them the demo and they have to choose between uh, worshiping packs or not. Uh, in the first time, he says what packs the demon is. And the second time around, Colin no- already knows it because he also vaguely remembers from the first instance around. Did you catch that? Yeah, the two artist type guys. Now, I don't know about your experience, but that was the only real time that the movie did that. The rest of the time, they didn't, the the main character didn't go, man, I'm already knowing what's going to happen. It just did it that one time for me. Really focused on it. Maybe there were hints of it later on, but that was the main time that it happened. Yeah, you know, it gets so jumbled as you continue on that it's hard to know because I had to repeat a bunch of stuff at the end and it actually spoilers here I, or, you know, jumping around to the end. I actually got, you know, watch the end credits as a selection um, in the upper right corner, like a bunch of times, but I kept uh, selecting something down below that continued the story a bit more. That's interesting. I never once got that. I I kept going to the scene where he's opening up the safe and depending on what I put in, as the password is what was inside the safe. Mm-hmm. And finally, when I put toy in, then it opened up and he grabbed the rabbit. And then now that he was happy and he found the rabbit, he went along on the train ride with his mom. And then, you know, he died. Is that the ending that you got or is there a different ending? Oh, man, there's more. There's so much more. All right. Well, you know, what? let's try. Well, the credits rolled after that scene. The credits rolled as soon as as soon as he died on the train. It cuts to him in the present and he's sitting in the therapist's office and he just falls over dead and then the credits rolled yeah see i think i got more i think i got more than that uh let's see where does he die where does he die was your was him dying be triggered by the finding the rabbit i think so yeah let's see let's see dies at the office and then i get back into it replays me the who's there and it gives me the netflix or glyph option and we go through that fun thing that uh, we were talking about in the pre-show where they break not only the fourth fifth and sixth walls (laughs) (laughs) if that's even a thing, uh, where he's aware of you interacting. Well, I mean, you know, he plays as if he's aware of you controlling him via Netflix without knowing what Netflix is. Okay, so what was the first time? Because the first time I chose the other thing. I didn't say Netflix. I chose the other option. The the crazy looking glyph thing that the uh, artist or sorry, the author of the Bandersnatch novel was... Had, had painted when he went into madness and decapitated his wife. Yeah, it's like a little, I don't know, like a little spaceship looking thing or a hat, uh, house looking thing or whatever. Right, yeah. Well, so I actually got, I went through that series a few times and one of them, it actually let me choose between pack or that symbol. Uh, yeah, one time it was pack or that symbol. And then at the safe, I got pack or packs uh, or toy or pack, I think. 
I don't remember all my choices. I remember one was Pack, and he opened it up, and there's all this information about the program of people spying on him and stuff. And then the other time was the rabbit. Um, I don't know. When did you kill the dad? <laughs> I kept trying to not kill the dad. I kept saying no to kill dad. Uh, yeah, the it, first time I didn't kill the dad, but then the second time he just killed him anyway. Yeah, it took a little while for mine to, to kill him, I think. I think I, I I said back off like two or three times, but it kept forcing the replay. And then it said, pick up photo or kill dad. And then it did the mirrors let you move through time. He went in as a young man and then he came out as a boy. He sees the dad take the rabbit in his dream and wakes up. And then, it, so, then he says, give me a sign. It's the Netflix or Glyph thing. And he says, I'm not in control. And it forces you back to kill dad or back off i backed off again and it forced a replay and then it gave me the selection of get rabbit from dad or kill dad and i said well get rabbit from dad and that's when i got the safe to open with with toy as the password so okay well i mean it's interesting that we have all these different experiences i'm it seems like we have fairly similar i mean they're, they only shot so many scenes right i mean it's not like they're going to show shoot some amazing scene and then not include it regardless of what you choose. They'll probably want to tell a somewhat similar story regardless of what you choose, but yeah, the details could be different each time you watch it. Um, now, the fun thing about Choose Your Own Adventures, I suppose, is the replayability. And I don't know, as much as I enjoyed this experience, and I really did, I had a smile on my face like through most of the thing, I don't know if I'd go back and watch it again. It feels like... I got my experience out of because by the end time by the end, I had already seen the end so many times, you know, and had to like restart it that I was like, okay, well, let's just let's just go ahead and end then. Because it didn't seem like it it was telling me anything new. Like it didn't have anything more to say. Like it was an interesting kind of character piece, like kind of devolving into madness and talking about, you know, are we really in control of our own actions and this story about a, a boy being traumatized by the death of his mother. But I don't know that, you know, like I missed some big thing. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I got the full experience after watching it one time. Yeah, I'm going to agree. Like, this doesn't have a lot of replay like a second time. But the first time through, I was like, yeah, how, how long can we keep digging in? How deep can we get in this thing? Like, let's really milk the experience here. Though the one drawback that I felt was I didn't know how long it was going to be. And that was weird to me because I'm used to watching something and knowing, oh, okay, I got to I gotta stay up for another hour or there's 40 minutes left or something like that. But this, there was no indication of the length. Yeah, now on the Netflix, on the screen, it says it's an hour and a half. But that's, of course, like an estimate, right? I mean, there's no way you could you could watch this movie and have it take like two and a half hours or maybe 90 minutes or even like five minutes, right? I mean, you could make the wrong decision right off the bat and go, ah, well, I'm done. That's good. Even though it's prodding you to, you know, no, 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 there's more. Go ahead and restart it. But you could say, ah, oh, I guess that's it. He yeah, made a crappy, crappy game. It's good you, enough for me. If you don't make a selection, it forces you to, right? Or it, it does make one for you. Like it defaults to one. So maybe that's what the 90 minutes is, is just all of the defaults playing. Um, I never let it go to a default. Did you? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't like touch the button fast enough. And so it forced me into one or the other. Would it be random or was it always one side or the other? I don't recall. I think it was the right hand side, but I, I couldn't tell you if that was if it would have been the left hand side a different time or, or not. Huh, I don't know. I mean, you could get real weird and just like go through this and map out the whole thing. So you'd look all crazy like like he had all of the uh, selection trees up on his wall there. Yeah, you could. You could be a meme, like on It's Always Sunny. <laughs> yeah. Charlie Day it up real good. And program that path. 
So I've already seen a bunch of memes, by the way, uh, related to this Bandersnatch. And um, they're like, choose sugar puffs or kill your dad. Or... <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's uh, a tough call. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Uh, but it is a, it's a really uh, interesting, interesting thing. And, and you talked about, did we miss anything major? I think we both saw it, but we haven't really talked about it yet in this episode. And that is Colin's LSD trip where he wants to open Stefan's mind because he's in a hole, right? He's trapped in a hole. And I want to know what happened here for you. Um, but I, I have the little, I have most of what he was saying written out here. If you, if you don't mind, if you'll indulge me a little. You can go ahead. I just remember it being a really like kind of conspiratorial, they're controlling us kind of thing. And there's all these, you know, um, secrets hidden in plain sight like he kind of talked about pac-man being program and control man and then the, the kind of allegory of pac-man living in a maze and he tries to escape the maze but he only pops out the other side and the ghosts are that are chasing him are just figments of his imagination and i thought that was all really clever and really fun and then when it turned out that he really was part of a program and control operation or was he maybe that was just a hallucination or a dream i don't know but it was it was really fun but go ahead well you you pretty much just said most of it but uh, here's what I've got written down. Time is a construct. Mirrors let you move through time. The government monitors people. They pay people to pretend to be your relatives and they put drugs in your food and they film you. These messages, there are or these there are messages in every game, like Pac-Man. Do you know what the PAC stands for? P-A-C, Program and Control. He's a program and control man. It's a metaphor. He thinks he's got free will, but really he's trapped in a maze in a system. All he can do is consume. He's pursued by demons that are probably just in his own head. And even, even if he does manage to escape by slipping out one side of the maze, what happens? He comes right back in the other side. People think it's a happy game, and it's not. Uh, I've set you free. That, that's pretty much what I wrote down. I, there was a bunch more because uh, he had like a good three or four minute uh, little monologue there while tripping on acid. And then he goes out onto the ledge and he's like, there are parallel paths, parallel times all happening. And so one of us is going to jump here. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, but I wanted to, you know, when it's choose your own adventure, I, I, I typically want to see the most interesting thing that's going to happen. Like I, I kind of waffled between what I would do and, well, I just want to see shit go down and see what this movie's going to throw at me. So I was really tempted to kill my dad in the very beginning and go, hmm, I wonder what'll happen if he just kills his dad right now. And then I, you know, I wanted to know what would happen if he just turns him down. Turns out that was the right answer at the very beginning. But here, I wanted to see what would happen if the main character died. What are you going to do to me, movie? So I had him jump, even though I thought the correct answer was, well, if you really think this is true, then you should probably prove it to me and go ahead and jump. So I first had the main character dump, and then I had the uh, the acid tripping dude jump. Because it, it forced you to replay, right? Yeah, as soon as I had me jump, it was just like, well, they gave me a brief recap of the re another review scene, talking about the game, and then, yeah, restart where I choose the other guy. Right, yeah, and I chose the other guy right away because I'm like, I'm not fucking jumping. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that that was my that was my initial reaction was are you kidding me? If you really believe this, you should probably prove it and jump your damn self. But sometimes I just want to see shit go down. Right. And it was nasty too, right? Like when 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 they show him jump and land, it's 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 not good. He splats pretty good. Yeah, yeah. He splats pretty good. Yeah. So this is such a weird episode because I'm not sure how to really present this because I think it's an individualized experience or a very subjective thing. Yeah, your results may vary. You might have had a really terrible experience. You might have had an amazing experience, but how do you really review it? Yeah, so why don't I just walk you through what I did? 
and maybe then we can sort of see if there's any differences, uh, and that might be interesting. Okay, well, we'll see if it's interesting. Hopefully it is. All right. So July 9th, 1984, kid wakes up, takes pills, dad locks the door, and looks fishy. So you know there's something in there. It's like a foreshadowing. Uh, selection between sugar puffs or flakes, I chose sugar puffs. Then he gets on the bus. Selection between Thompson twins or now two, I choose now two. And it plays uh, Annie Lennox like lovers do. Uh, we go and meet Colin Rittman and David Brent type guy. And he talks about, he, he makes the famous, uh, I haven't programmed that pathway yet when he's presenting his game. Uh, I accepted the initial job offer, and they then give you the review of saying it's designed by committee, terrible review. And so it makes me repeat, and this is where we notice that the characters are sort of aware of the things happening before. Uh, then I refuse the job offer, and this is where Colin steps in and says, yeah, the lad's a craftsman, and this type of thing needs a bit of madness. Uh, and he'll work by himself at home uh, to try to hit the Christmas season and he needs to deliver the game, I think, by September 12, 1984. And then um, they go and talk to, I think, Dr. Haynes after that. And she says, do you want to talk about your mother? I said, no. And my wife was watching this with me. And she says, of course, you'd pick no. <laughs> I picked yes at that point, by the way. <laughs> well, it immediately brings it up again. And then I had to say yes. And oh, this well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, well. Um and this is where we learn about the lost rabbit and how dad had taken it because it's something for babies. You know, he's like this. My son is too old to have this thing. And so he hides the rabbit. And this is what causes the mom to be late and miss her train. And uh, she says, are you coming or not? And I said, no. And then she misses the train and dies you know, once it derails. And then Stefan blames himself for the mother's death and hates his dad for it. And the therapist then says that you can't change the past. And then he ends up going, I think, to a record store. And he can choose between Phaedra's Tangerine Dream or your Bermuda Triangle. I chose Bermuda Triangle. And then he also buys the lives, the lives of Jerome Davies book. And he was the author of the Bandersnatch book. He's the guy who they explained earlier who had gone mad uh, with these different uh, selections, this choose your own adventure type style, trying to keep it all in his head and ended up decapitating his wife and writing these weird symbols all over his house and, and tar started talking about mind control and conspiracy and things like that. And after that, I just got a series of this date and he's like working on the game. And then this date, he's working on the game and this date, he's working on the game showing the complicated pathways. And then his dad comes in and, and invites him for lunch. And I said, no. Uh, and the dad said that he's worried about his son. He's been stuck there in weeks. And then the game glitches and it says, throw tea at computer or shout at dad. And I, th I dumped the tea on the computer and it ended this thing for me and had to restart it. So it, it forced me to shout at dad. Well, this is kind of a bummer. I mean, I chose Phaedra and then I immediately chose shout at dad. But if, because I didn't want, you know, if you destroy the computer, he's not going to be able to finish the game in time. So that's unfortunate that it just gives you like an ending right away. It really kind of, instead of giving you this branching narrative, it's giving you this right or wrong answer. That's kind of unfortunate. But I guess yeah. that's how a lot of choose your own adventures work, I suppose. Yeah. And I actually did it three times. Um, I wrote it down, uh, selected twice. It forced the selection. Um, Third time's a charm, and nope, didn't work. False choice. So it, it really is like that false dichotomy it's giving you here. It, it's giving the illusion of choice here. And so I said, fine, I'll fucking shout at dad. <laughs> and he says, dad, fuck off. And then they go to lunch, which is actually uh, dad lies to him and is bringing him to see Dr. Haynes. But then he sees Colin up the street um, outside of the, the clinic. And so it says... Would you like to follow Colin or go see Dr. Haynes? And I chose follow Colin. And that's where we get into the, you're lost, you're in a hole, uh, you're in a fight within your own head. And he takes him up to his house and 
meets the wife and kid, uh, gets him high, and then gives him LSD. And I said yes to take that. And that's where we get in the time is a construct um, situation. And Colin, I had him jump, and uh, he makes a big splat. Wow. So I picked visit Dr. Haynes instead of follow Colin the first time. But later on, they forced me to follow Colin. And then I got the the acid thing and all that. But that was much later. So in between, when I said visit Dr. Haynes, he's in there sitting there with Dr. Haynes and he's like nervous. And so I got the option to like bite your nails or whatever. And he, I, I picked bite your nails and he goes to like bite his fingernails or his entire fingers. Then he like stops and controls himself. And then uh, she gives him some pills and then he's at home and you get a choice to either take the pills or flush the pills. And I said, flush the pills. And then he's sitting at the computer and then he's frustrated again. And the option was like to hit the desk or do something else. And I said, hit the desk. And uh, yeah, then there's just a whole bunch of stuff inside his room. Um, I forget who he was talking to, but did you get the scene where he's talking about if you're just a puppet, you know, and you, you don't have free will, so why not commit murder anyway? Maybe it's just hallucinating it with the um, the writer of the book or like a demon or something. That was, I think, some lady on a TV talking. Okay. Because I get yeah. that at that point. Yeah, and she was saying things like, yeah, if you're not in control, you might as well just commit murder. Right, <laughs> which is ridiculous. I mean, just because you're not in control, I mean, that doesn't mean you should go out and kill people. No, yeah, yeah, I think that would be bad. <laughs> I, still think it's, I still think it's bad, even if it's not your fault. You still probably shouldn't go around just murdering people. So after, after you were forced to go back and have Colin jump, did it then take you to Dr. Haynes and he's talking to her about vivid dreams and weird things like he's not in control? Because that's what, that's what happened to me after Colin jumped. And he's uh, after, telling her it's like someone's making decisions <clears throat> for me, like what to have for breakfast, what to listen to, whether to shout at my dad. Yeah, see, in between, after he jumps... He goes back home and Colin's now dead and I get the option to pick up the family photo. And then when he picks up the photo, he's looking at that. Then he's talking to the computer and I pick the Netflix and then he has the whole thing where he's talking about, you know, what's Netflix and that sort of thing. And then he goes to his therapist again and he tries to explain to her that he's being controlled by this entertainment program from the future. And she's like, well, let's, you know, let's see if that's true or not. Right, because this is boring. Like, why would anyone be entertained by this? Right, exactly. Okay, so you got the exact same scene? Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought she was talking about our show, but she was talking about <laughs> the movie. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it says, uh, do you want to add some action to this? And it says, you can select yes or fuck yeah. I picked fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. I, I wonder what would happen if we'd selected yes, because it ends up being he throws a tea in her face and starts knocking shit down and then uh, gets into a fight with her and, and it says, leaps through the window or fight her. And I said to fight her. Me too. And then they had a kung fu fight and then his dad breaks into the room and they get into a kung fu fight and then it was like, kick him in the balls or give him a karate chop. And I said, kick him in the balls. Oh, I said karate chop. All right, so another difference, another divergence here. But that still led to the end of the movie for me right there. Yeah, so right after that, I did the karate chop, and then it gave me the programming control, and I believe that was the only option. And then it um, opens up the safe or the, the bottom of the cabinet. You see the paperwork, the files about the, fu the programming control study. There's a dossier on his life. There's recordings of his sessions with Dr. Haynes. There's video of him um, in a uh, staged, like a set, which is resembling his bedroom and the whole rabbit missing and his mother. And as, as if it was a totally concocted thing that they were, um, I guess when he was younger, they would have been experimenting on him to make him believe that was really happening to maybe uh, see what the effects of feeling the guilt of a, of a parent's death would have on a child. Right. So like his, either his mom 
isn't dead or is like some actor or something like that. Right. Because uh, did you also see the dad drugging his little treats, his little cookies? I don't remember that. No. And then blindfolding the son. Mm, was this during a flashback? Yeah, this is when the programming control kind of thing is like ex sort of explaining what happened to him when he was younger. Okay. Well, I remember that. I remember that bit, but maybe I missed the that part exactly. Yeah, and then the dad finds him in the room there in present present time, you know, 1984 time, and says, "You weren't supposed to know." And then uh, it shows him killing his dad in his dream, but then waking up. And then he gets into this, uh, "Give me a sign," and it gives me um, on the screen a selection between PACS or Glyph. And later on, that same selection screen is Netflix or the Glyph. Yeah, there was, I, I picked PAX. And then later on, there was a, a port where I had to put in a code. Right, yeah. So I did that. But I don't know. Uh, it doesn't sound it doesn't sound like I missed anything. Sounds like just, just the story was a little bit different in order. Slightly different order. Did you have him calling Dr. Haynes? Well, yeah, that was what the number was for, right? That was calling the office and talking to the secretary. And she's like, yeah, she's out of town. And Stefan says, well, I killed my dad and I'm going to kill her next. <laughs> and fuck yeah. off. Yeah, I got that scene. That's and, then, and then you saw the uh, the review of the game, the finished game, while he's like in prison. Yes, I think I did. Yeah. Okay. That was the final ending for me. So he didn't, it didn't end when he died for me. What? It ended in the prison for me. Huh. So uh, did it, did you restart after he died? Uh, let's check my notes. Um, so I have him dying before the Netflix stuff, actually. Um, yeah. So after I said no to killing the dad a couple of times, and then he gets the toy and he flashes back to see his dad taking it from under the bed. And he, um, and then the mom's like, I've missed the 830. I'll have to take the 845. Are you coming? I said, yes, this time. And then Stefan died in the office. Mm -hmm. And then I get the who's there. And it gave me the selection between Netflix or Glyph. And then I got the whole uh, Netflix. I'm watching you on Netflix. I make decisions for you. And he said, so like, what, the, what the fuck is Netflix? So did you see a scene where he's on the train as a kid? Yes. And then he just wakes up and then he's in his room again? No, he dies at the... Um, at the, office. At, the, at the office, and then he's just alive in a room in his room again? Yeah, so as if he had woken up. So like as if he died in his dream or something. Okay. Well, based on what you actually watch, it sure seems to change the meaning around a bit then. Because in my version of the movie, he actually just does die, and that's it, and that's the end of the movie. And it rolls credits, huh? Yeah. But if your time, he just dies, and it's a dream where he dies, and then he dies, and then he, the movie ends, and he's in prison... Huh. Because, yeah, when I went, I think I had him go to prison at one point, but then I just had to restart. Oh, OK. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, interesting. A little bit of different meaning based on what you choose. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Different different meanings. You see a different slightly different angle depending on when and where you see the stuff. That's kind of uh, intriguing, actually. I think they they took a lot of effort into planning this out. Definitely. I'm sure they had some interesting long night discussion sessions when we were writing this thing. Tripping balls on the LSD themselves, oh, yeah. probably. So well, at one point, he just starts fighting her. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, Fuck yeah. So during the Netflix thing, and I got that presented to me a few times, I, I picked the glyph a few times, and then I finally said, fine, I'll select Netflix, and he does the whole thing, and what the fuck is Netflix? And it gave me a selection of tell him more or try to explain, which those seem equivalent to me. So I said, tell him more, and it says it's a streaming platform. And then it says... Um, a selection between tell him more or stop the conversation. I said, stop the conversation. And that's when he went to Dr. Haynes and told her about Netflix. And then they get into the fight. Yeah. That's I think exactly the same experience I had. So unfortunately there's no difference there. I, those are the same choices I made. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah. When he 
yeah, when he picks Netflix and then his dad walks in and he's like, what's your, what's going on? What's wrong? And he's like, you won't believe me. He's like, well, just try me. He's like, I think I'm being controlled from the future. And he's like, okay, let's go see the doctor. <laughs> That's a good idea. Which I think if, if anybody truly believed that, I think it would be a good time to go see a doctor. Right. Now, whether or not, you know, a therapist is really going to be able to help you. But, you know, still, if you you believe this truly, you might want to go talk to somebody about it. Yeah. And then she made the point that uh, it was actually a good thing that he was aware of that, that these things were happening to him that were weird and that he was um, cognizant enough to go and talk about it. Like he knew it was weird. Right. So he, he was like aware of the delusions and he knew they were delusions. And uh, a couple of friends of mine, uh, two different people actually uh, have experienced this type of thing. Not, not the whole choose your own adventure being in a Netflix thing, being controlled. You don't know that. Possibly. But uh, in conversations with them after having psychotic break type episodes like this, um, they've told me that there was a point where they were aware that what was happening was crazy. Like that they that they were doing things they knew they shouldn't do, but they were not able to prevent them. Interesting. Um, Yeah, I haven't had that experience myself. I, 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 I do have a friend that did suffer from a psychotic break um, and a lot of interesting things happened to him at the time. But, um, you know, I, I don't know how real or surreal it all appears at the time. So I don't know, man. I'm glad I'm glad he's better now. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, th- I think I know who we're talking about mutually here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Robert. Yeah, Daniel. I don't know how interesting of an episode this has been, but Maybe we should fight. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, you motherfucker. Uh, so this this episode is not safe for work. This episode of The Last Nighters, which can be found on The Launchpad Media at thelaunchpadmedia.com. Uh, Robert, I'm not sure how to do a summary and review here and how to give this a rating, but why don't you uh, jump first and just prove to me that you've expanded my mind? Well, no pressure. Okay. Well, how would I summarize this film? In your mind's eye. It's an ambitious project, and I think it mostly succeeds. It, it it depends somewhat on the choices people make to get, I think, the best possible experience. But it seems like no matter what you get, it's going to kind of, you know, show you essentially the story. But, you know, I don't know if this kind of thing is going to take off. I really don't see it being, you know, a huge thing. I think I'm, I'm more interested in like a real crafted narrative by some, you know, really talented person that's going to tell me an amazing story. But at the same time, I think there's a room for this. There's definitely room in the market for something like this. And this kind of is a proof of concept sort of experience right now. I mean, because why not? I mean, maybe we'll, you know, in the future, we'll have like these VR experiences where you'll be holodecking it and living as whatever story in the middle of some story. Why not? Um, but, you know, is this like my favorite thing in the world? Would I go back to it? I don't think so. Um, I think I got out of it all that I was going to get out of it. Um, Now, in terms of the quality, like the acting and the cinematography and all that and the writing, I thought it was all very excellent. Like, I know Black Mirror is an excellent television show. It's known for its high, high quality. And I don't think that this betrays that at all. I think this is an experiment that is pretty much all successful. I, I can't really point to any one fault that you would say, you know, not recommend it. I would absolutely recommend it. If you got Netflix, check it out. Um, it's, uh, I don't know, you had the, Daniel had the experience of watching it with his wife. And so I don't know exactly who was making the decision each time. Probably I'm guessing Daniel, but I had the experience of making the decision every time. And 
kind of gave me a little bit of a thrill of a little bit of control to see what was going to happen when I did this or that. And that's, you know, it's a little bit more than you get out of your average movie. You never get control. It's always a completely passive experience. So, you know, that's that's a, something different and fun. And I'm glad it exists. And I recommend it. If I was going to give it a number, I'd say it's like a 7.7. I don't know. It's it's hard. It's a hard one to just give a number to. I think it's just a, a recommend or not recommend. And I would definitely recommend this movie. At least a one time playthrough, right? Not a lot of replayability, even not though for me, maybe for somebody would be like totally into it and want to see every single little last thing. Every little rabbit trail. Yeah, I think I got the gist of it. And I, you know, maybe someday in the future, somebody will make some magnum opus that's like 10 hours long with like a million different choose your own <laughs> plot point, you know, splits. But man, that would be that would be an amazing time sink. I mean, I, I don't know from an economy standpoint, if you want to be a director where you film, you know, 75% of your film isn't going to be seen. You know what I mean? Like you're just going to go through it. And anyway, go for it, Daniel. Give me give me your take. All right. Well, despite all my rage, I am just a rat in a cage, which I think is the whole point, the whole metaphor of this presentation, this movie. And that's what the, the Pac-Man is all about. And the I mean, that's like the story within the story telling you that you are controlling this guy and he has the illusion of choice, just like you sort of have the illusion of choice in making some of the selections, because in many instances, it forces you back and it it funnels you into where it wants you to go. But it still gives you like a slightly different pathway to get there. And I suppose that is part of the genius of it. Like you you kind of have to have some touch points where you're going to you can only shoot so many scenes like you were saying and you have to get the story out there or whatever the story the bare bones of it or this the um, outline of it are like you have to have the LSD scene on the roof you have to have him fight Dr. Haynes you have to have him uh choose between the series. well that didn't need to happen um and you've got to have him like kill his dad at the end but how that kind of plays out is sort of up to you in a way. And uh, I think that that is a really unique uh, presentation and it does add another element. It breaks a couple of additional barriers, not just the fourth wall, but perhaps the fifth and maybe the sixth, because not only is he talking to you, but then he's responding to the selections you've made. And then he's aware that you're making selections for him, right? So wouldn't that be six? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I'd leave that to the experts. Right. I mean, it's not like there's that many dimensions, I suppose. But anyway, um, I think that it was a good experience, but I also found it a little bit too, like it gave me more control over what was happening, but it gave me less control in, all right, how long do I need to devote to this thing? How long am I going to be tied up? How many times am I going to have to replay and rewatch these certain portions until I get it right? And that part I didn't like. I didn't like not feeling that level of control, knowing that, hey, if I start watching this at eight o'clock, am I going to be done by 10 or not? And so that that was kind of hanging over me um, while I was doing this. And in fact, my wife started watching this with me and her and I made some of the decisions together. And then she just kind of gave up and it was me making the decisions. Hence the, do you want to talk about your mother? No. And she says, well, of course you'd pick that. Uh, but then she fell asleep. She went to bed about halfway through. So she she doesn't even know how this thing ends. She's learning right now as we speak because she's watching this on the live stream, which is available for our Patreon supporters at the $10 a month level or higher. And you can get uh, access to that like my wife has uh, at lastnighters.com slash Patreon. But uh, I think overall, like you said, it's really well done. The environment, the cinematography, the acting is all really, really great. And uh, I think that they did a, a fine job here. 
So you know the number. It's 20541. That's my rating for this one. Now, uh, uh, Robert, I think we're going to do another choose your own adventure uh, situation at the end here. Mm. The next episode, shall we choose Smallfoot or Starship Troopers? Oh, not a random other Netflix movie, but Star Trek Troopers. Ah. Well, I, you know, I'm more prepared for Smallfoot. I think I think Starship Troopers, we had it timed out for a certain thing. Now, has that event happened? I think it's in the works. It's it's happening. It's happening, people. It's happening. But yeah, I think we're going to force you to select Smallfoot for next week on The Last Nighters. So if I pick if I pick Starfish Troopers, you're going to restart and force me to pick again? Yeah, you're going to dead end in this in this novel and need to go back to page 37 and re- reselect. Damn it. Okay, Smallfoot. Smallfoot All right, next is. week, Smallfoot with our special guest, Rocky Ferenberg on The Last Nighters. This show has been episode 54. You can find it at lastnighters.com slash 54. Thank you guys very much and good night from last night. All right, we're back with the actual Anarchy audience for a few more minutes. Uh, Robert only has a little bit of time left, so I don't know if we're going to do some of that Kathleen Turner overdrive or not, but this topic I wanted to bring up to you. Okay. On this portion of the show, uh-huh. uh, in searching the yes. Google description, I see the top stories related to this. Four hours ago, six hours ago, 22 minutes ago. To Netflix, this movie? Oh, this topic? This Bandersnatch. Okay, go ahead. Netflix sued by Choose Your Own Adventure publishers over Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Netflix sued... Netflix, Just the publisher today. of a movie film, sued over making a movie that follows the concept of choose your own adventure. You're telling me that someone has patented the idea of a choose your own adventure? Apparently, somebody believes that they have originated this idea. Who knows when? At some point in the past, I, I, I have no um, awareness of this. But the the book I read when I was a kid uh, was published at least. 20 years before I had it. Um, so it's got to be at least 40, 50 years. And what? so therefore, since they made this movie, it's somehow infringing upon their patent, it somehow damaged their brand, somehow it's damaged their in- intellectual property. Right, and reduced their sales of all those Tuesday Heart Adventure books that uh, don't sell at Barnes & Noble. This is just bizarre. If anything, it would lead to a resurgence in Choose Your Own Adventure interest. This is like free advertising for you. But this is the stupidity of, you know, copyright. All it does is prevent creativity and it harms the market. I mean, if, if somebody wants to create something, here comes the IP holder and says, oh, 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 you better not do that. If you do, you owe me lots of money. At gunpoint, I might add. At gunpoint, sir. They're yeah. going to take... Legal action, which is going to be enforced by the power of government to prevent you from making a thing. With your own justly acquired property. And and labor and time and creativity and your own money. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. We could probably talk about the terrible aspects of patent and copyright law and how it leads to higher prices for almost everything. And lower quality goods. I mean, you talk about, you know, when a drug manufacturer has a patent on a drug and therefore he has the exclusive right to be the only manufacturer of that drug, which is granted by government. And then he can freely set the price. He could raise the price. And then everybody gets up outraged that, oh, my God, this guy made a thing that didn't previously exist and then is charging a price which you're not forced to buy. And then they get upset at that guy and not at government 
who is at the point of a gun threatening everybody else that would otherwise make that product as well and create a competitive market, which would drive down the price, making it more affordable for everybody. But the demon is always the, the evil business owner and not the government who's got the gun raised. You've got it pegged there, Robert. How did you yeah. know? How did you know that that would be how it goes down? Well, on this show, on this show, I know the bad guy's always the government because you guys are a bunch of uh, government haters. That's all you are. Bunch of anarchists over here. Bunch of haters. Haters! And in the pre-show, I did say bring on the haters regarding my hair getting so long and lengthy. But uh, one last comment to this this whole idea, and you've brought this up in the past. Like, the past why exist? Time does not exist. It's a construct. Time is a construct. But you know why? Why is this not? Of an of more fully understood thing. Why is it that the common man seems to think that patents are a good thing, the copyrights are a good thing? Do you think it's because of how it's presented in media and entertainment and, and culturally? And this is coming from people who are coming out of the universities who are being taught by Marxist intellectuals. And so these these people then go and work in these cultural centers, media, entertainment, news, magazines, movies, TV, etc propagating these ideas out into the general public and then they become political like they get political legs and it's all rolls back up to the intellectuals that educated the uh, cultural tastemakers well, i would definitely say it's part of what you just said that's that's definitely part of it and i think the other part is just this idea that you know if you're going to create something you want to if you're going to go through all the effort to actually get it built and made and whatnot you should then profit off of your idea but profit's evil well, yes, profit is evil, but that you would need that kind of protection in order to make that money or else there's no incentive for you to actually make the thing in the first place. And that, you know, some big corporations just going to come along and snatch it up if there aren't protections and make it far better than you ever could in the first place, yada, yada, yada. So then, wouldn't everyone benefit as a result of that? Well, everyone would benefit, but not the original inventor person. Well, the original inventor person would ultimately benefit from that product being out there and made and improving everybody's life and his own life or, or her. But, sure. but, you know, he wouldn't have this government enforced protectionism that he would, you know, be entitled to all the profits and future profits at infinitum for X number of years, X number of decades or whatever. I think that's the in inherent understanding of why copyrights are necessary. And even, you know, I think this is a sticky subject. I'm fully on board with no intellectual property and no copyright because I'm a principled libertarian who's consistent, but I think it's it's not even something that's even fully understood. You know, it's not something you always devote a lot of thought to, especially in your everyday life or even libertarians who are obsessed with this stuff even really thinks about every little last thing. I and mean, there's a million different things to think about. And this is just one more. Um, who's the guy who's done all the work on the IP stuff? Stefan Kinsella. That's the dude. He wrote a book about it, and it's probably worth reading, although I have not read it. Right, yeah. Uh, I believe his is uh, Against Intellectual Property, and we'll put that on the show notes page. And then there's also a more empirical book by Boldrin and Levine, and it is called Against Intellectual Monopoly. And they aren't principled uh, libertarians or Austrian economists, but they do look through the historical examples and try to present the counterfactuals or compare uh, what was going on in the industry before patents and copyrights were really uh, taking place within that industry and what were the results afterward and seeing if there's a change in the trajectory of innovation and pricing and, and all of these things. And it's pretty interesting because uh, the empirical data often supports our principled position. 
that enforcing the copyrights and the patents actually harms the overall uh, quality and price level of the items in question. And it's just it just makes you know logical sense. So if you were going to create a thing, but somebody else owns the copyright on that, clearly you're not going to be able to then create that or make that thing. So that you're not going to be able to compete in the market making that same thing. So then therefore that original manufacturer is going to have that virtual monopoly on making the thing. And you know what happens when you have a monopoly. You don't have competition, which is going to drive down prices and improve quality. So just by definition, you're going to have uh, higher quality goods at lower, higher priced goods at lower quality. Right. And vice versa without the uh, copyrights and patents. But anyway, um, I'm sure we could go another hour on just this topic alone, but I do think we do need to wind down the actual anarchy version of the show. We can continue for a bit longer before you get ready to go and see Aquaman uh, on your hot date night tonight for uh, the movies uh, in our Kathleen Turner Overdrive portion of the show, which is available for our Patreon supporters at actualanarchy.com slash Patreon. Oh, yeah. Now, there's one thing I just had a thought. It's maybe not interesting to everybody, but who cares? This is my show. We're fighting. Whatever. We're fighting right now, Daniel. So Disney gets often criticized for being a monopoly because they keep buying up all these IPs. Now, of course, I'm against IP. So yeah, everybody, if you wanted to make like a, you know, a movie about Wolverine, go for it. But Disney's going to come in with their team of lawyers and attack you. But that's not to say that Disney has somehow it has a monopoly on entertainment, which is like, I don't know if people take that. They say that. I don't know if they're saying it seriously or not, but it kind of sounds like they're saying it seriously. Like Disney's a monopoly on entertainment. Like they're just going to own all the ideas, which is patently absurd. Of course, you can't own all the ideas. People are, in order to do that, you have to have people stop thinking. People are always going to come up with new ideas. Yeah, they're going to own a monopoly on certain characters, which is, of course, immoral, but you know, it's not a monopoly. Anyway. Yeah, n- okay. nice wordplay in there with <laughs> okay, <let's> pat- <laughs> patently. <laughs> so good, so good. All right. Well, this has been mm. episode uh, 111 of the show, and uh, it's been uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch. I hope this was good. I, 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 did, I didn't know what we were going to do on this one. So we'll be back with something a little bit more structured, a little bit less Christopher Nolan-esque uh, in Smallfoot next week with Rocky Ferenberg. So thank you guys very much. We appreciate all the support. Give us some subscribes on the old YouTube, some likes on the uh, Facebooks, some comments, some feedback. If you want to be a guest on the show or if you want to uh, tell us where we were wrong. Oh, by the way, I was wrong Um, last week on our Death Wish episode. I attributed the um, abortion reducing crime argument to Malcolm Gladwell. I was incorrect. It was presented in Freakonomics, that book. Uh, And I I don't recall the guy's name, but uh, minor correction there. And we will be back next week with Smallfoot. So good night, everybody. The Chipmunks. C-H-I-P-M-U-N-K. We're the Chipmunks. Guaranteed to brighten your day. Do 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 do